This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What's up, everybody? It's Soren Baker. And on this episode of Unique Access with Soren Baker, I interview Solo. Now, you might know him as Franklin from Grand Theft Auto V. You might know him from his work with Cam and others back in the day, working with Ice Cube. But man, Solo's got so much in his life and in his career that's pretty amazing. And that's why I wanted to talk to him for Unique Access with Soren Baker. So without further ado, here we are. Solo, Unique Access with Soren Baker. What's up, everybody? It's Soren Baker here on Unique Access, and today we're joined by Solo, a.k.a. Franklin, if you guys are into that Grand Theft Auto thing. Thank you for coming through, sir. Shit, you already know what it is, fam. You oh. call, I come. Yes, sir. I appreciate that, man. So, obviously, we're going to talk about Grand Theft Auto and Franklin, but, the, you know, I want to make sure that people understand your legacy in the game. Yeah, yeah. You know, being an artist, all your affiliations coming up, yeah. and being in movies, all this stuff. So, you know, for you... Getting into the game, I was first really introduced to you through the Cube and the Cam affiliations yeah, and all yeah. that. But like, how did you, you know, get to where you were making records with them and getting to know them personally first? Well, Cam is like like family. We're not blood cousins, but you know how it is when you kids, man. Right. You grow up with somebody that's your cousin or that's your brother, so you know he's like family. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. We had a, a clique called What's Up Crew, man. It was right. a few of us, you know what I'm saying? And we was putting it down. We had some heavy heavy hitters as far mm-hmm. as, when I say heavy hitters, as far as the pocket-wise, that was behind us, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I used to always be like, man, Cam is hard, man. He was from Compton, you know, out of Carver Park, and I'm from Watts, you know? And um, we used to link up and hang out, and he used to be spitting, so I used to always be like, man, I got to get this dude on. So one day, man, you know, I used to run into Ice Cube. He's, he had a Suzuki Jeep, and I had one. He had a gray one back in the days. He had Jerry Curl and everything. And I ran into him and I was like, oh shit, that's dude from NWA. What's happening, homie? And he came off so cool that we ended up getting so cool that I was on his porch with him at his mama house over there off of, I think it was Thoreau or something like that in 111 neighborhood. Oh, Van Wick maybe? Nah, it wasn't. It, it could have been Van Wick. Yeah, it was Van Wick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, you know, I knew I knew some of the the, the 111s. You know, JD was a real 111 man. Mm-hmm. Man, free my dude JD, man. Yeah. JD was a real 111. You got donuts. You got ants. You got um, 
um, Baby Mondo, KK, you know what I'm saying? You know, I knew them dudes right there. So Q wasn't active in the hood like that, but he was from over there and he knew everybody. So I used to always be telling him, man, I got this dude named Cam, man. He's like mm -hmm. my cousin, he fire, man. You gotta hear him, man. And he was <laughs> like, I will solo, you know, I will. So I kept being persistent with him, sitting on his front porch, man. I used to be having my, my son when he was a baby, Q used to be playing with him. We used to just be chopping it up. He used to be spitting stuff to me. Then one day he just came and said, man, I'm going to leave NWA, start my own thing, man. I'm going to put Cam on, man. So after that, you know, mm. he put Cam on. He stuck to his word. He started street knowledge right. over here off of Victoria, right off of Florence and, and stuff up in the up in a little industrial area. So, you know, I used to go up there with him and stuff. And he used to be like, man, I got this deal through East West. I'm going to put Cam on. So he did what he said. You know, he kept his word with me. And he put Cam on. Now, at that time, I thought he was putting us on. You know, he was finna give me a contract, too. So I remember walking in there, and I was like, man, where my contract at, nigga? You know, I was gangbanging and in the streets real tough at that time, man. I was right. getting my money, and I was with whatever anybody wanted to be with, man. I was a knucklehead. But um, he was like, Solo, it don't go like that. You know, they want to sign Cam. I was like, well, I'm going to be his DJ. I ain't no shit about DJing. But one thing I, I, I can say on that note, man, Cube had told me, man, Solo, this is what you do, bro. You gonna be down with him. Don't worry about that. We gonna be good, bro. You right. my dude. Get you a SP twelve hundred, some SP, some turntables, and get you this. Um, they was making beats on it back then. Mm -hmm. I forgot the name of it. The Kai. Um, oh yeah, the NPC. He was saying, go get you one, bro. I'm telling you, start doing beats. This was way back then. If I would have listened to this dude, I'd probably be a battle cat mm. or somebody by now because I knew music real good. Because I used to be doing it when I was a kid. Who didn't? You right, know, right. run DMC, scratching on turntables at your house with no mixer or no nothing. So, um. He put Cam on and did everything man, he's supposed to do, man. And then that's when I met DJ Pooh. I had to mm -hmm. hear about DJ Pooh all the time, man. And um, Well, for you too, like being around him when he said he was leaving NWA and then for him to actually leave NWA, yeah. what was that like for you to kind of see, you know, and that's now your friend, like what was that experience like? Well, for him to, to leave NWA, it was like I felt like I had an opportunity now because mm -hmm. he pulled away from Easy and them. And now he's by himself, you know what I'm saying? He was starting the lynch mob, T-Bone, you know, right. uh, JD, JD <laughs> Shorty, man. Um, get well, Shorty, man. I hope you do good, man. I heard, you know, Shorty right. going through a situation and stuff. Um, but, um, you know, so I felt like I can cling on and get something out of it. So I wasn't begging for nothing. I just wanted to, like, every drug dealer or anybody in the streets doing anything, they want to take that and move into the business. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sports players want to be rappers. So I was just doing, playing my part, how it was going, you know what I mean? So he ended up sticking to his word, and Cube was like, like having me come around, they was doing, what's that um, stuff with D. Barnes was hosting back then? Oh, Pump It Up. Pump It Up, I used right. to be at, they did it all at his mama house right there. You know, he was a mama's boy. He's lived right there for a long time. And then he put us on, bro, got us in the studio, and then I can never forget this, bro, I wanted to say this, man. Um, that's when I met DJ Pooh, bro. Okay. <clears throat> DJ Pooh used to smoke a lot of weed. I, I never smoked weed. I never drink, never smoked cigarettes. You know, I was like a just, just retarded in just my Just like brain. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was just with all the madness, just natural. I didn't have to be high nothing to want to go here or go here. So DJ Pooh kept smoking weed, kept smoking weed. And I was like, man, you fucking weed head, man. Quit smoking all that weed up in the studio. <laughs> now, Pooh was a skinny dude, man. You know and what I'm tall. saying? Yeah, and tall for yeah. those that don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, about 6'4", six, 6'5". He called me outside, bro. And I mean, you gotta remember, I was a solid dude at that time. Right. 
called me outside by himself, and he was like, hey, man, look, I smoke my weed, bro. You know, I ain't trying to do nothing to bother you, but if you got a problem with it, we can get it on right now, homie. And, and, and I promise you, bro, anybody else would have did that in any kind of other way, we would have got to wherever you want to go. <laughs> but I had to just look at this dude, man, and come from my heart how he hit me with it, and he was sincere with it. I was like, man, you know what? I apologize, bro. I was wrong. Hmm. You was right, bro. I shouldn't have called you out your name like that in front of everybody to try to take your manhood, like trying to punk you. And he was like, man, I'm from Watergate Crip, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, what the fuck is Watergate Crip? <laughs> you know, I'm an east side dude from out of right. Watts. I never knew the sets on the other side of Vermont but 111. Mm. That's all I knew. Okay. You know, so that's how me and DJ Pooh got so tight. And after that, man, we got to be the best of friends. And I'm here today, man, in my whole career is based off of what DJ Pooh did for me, dog. Yeah, because, you know, you've been in a lot of his films. Like, one of his less appreciated, but one I always really liked was Three Strikes, yeah, man. I thought yeah, that was man. good. Plus, it had a lot of the social commentary of what was going on in the law. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was right on time. And I thought it was well done. It had a lot of really funny moments that balanced out the seriousness of what was going on. Similar to yeah. Friday. I don't think it was as funny as Friday, of course, but... It definitely had a heavier subject matter as to like the, the back storyline. So for you, as you got to know and be around Pooh, like what did you notice about him that made him different on the production and then also as a storyteller? Well, Pooh was always like, like he, he had these, these, I don't want to say goofy, like all his tracks got this, 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 it's banging, but it got a a, com a comical beat to it. Okay. I don't know how to. I don't know how I'm trying to say it, but everything he do, he it's not only hard. Yeah, yeah he yeah. try to add the comic to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So everything well, he did a lot of that with King T. You know, he did it with King T. Um, coming out with King T, they had you know obviously they had a lot of stuff about drinking and smoking, but yeah. it was you know that added a little balance to what King T was doing. And yeah, Pooh yeah. obviously produced the majority of that early stuff. So Yeah, Pooh a legend, man. I remember sitting on the plane next to Q, man. We was going to London or coming. I think we were going. Mm -hmm. And we were on tour. It was me and Cam, Cube, and the Lynch Mob. And we were going to London. This was back in 90, mm -hmm. 1990, bro. And me and Q was sitting side by side to each other. And I remember him showing me stuff that Pooh was writing for the movie Friday. Mm -hmm. Pooh was actually, like, writing... The, the 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 Chris Tucker role like as his role. Oh, okay. I think uh, I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Pooh was gonna try to play a Chris Tucker role, you know, the mm. comical role like that. But I remember doing that with Q, man, and that's to let people know how far me and Q go back, man. You yeah, know, yeah. People took a lot of what happened with us, you know, like it was something like random or something. Random, bro. But I've been knowing that guy for a long time, bro. Well, as far as the you know your beef and, and situation with Cube, you know, now looking back on it, how do you think you learned from it? How did you repair your guys' relationship? How did you kind of like move past it? Well, it's nothing I learned from it. Okay. I mean, because <laughs> it's just hood shit that happened. You know, people that's, that's not hood and not in the streets like I was at that time, bro, took it like, oh shit, you just beat the Don Mecca up. You just robbed the Don Mecca. You just did this to the Don Mecca because people look at Cube as you know, the, he's the gangster. Right. Like, you better watch out. No, he better watch out. That's how it was <laughs> at that time, bro. Right, you right. know what I mean? 
And when that happened, when that incident happened with me and Cube, it was nothing to me. That's just, it fell into what you do as being in the streets at that time. That's just me. If I, if I, me and you get into a fucking fight and we scrapping, bro, and something on you I need, that's just how it was going, bro. Right. You know, that's what happens. You know, you still see that to this day. Fight, jump off, get, dude, get out the bottom of the pile. Where my watch at? Where my necklace at? Where did, that's just how stuff was, bro. Right. So, you know, people took it crazy and stuff, but... Me and Q, we kind of hammered that down. You know, Mac-10 intervened in the middle of it mm -hmm. and tried to um, squash it because I was just going everywhere with the chain on and was daring anybody to do anything. You know, it's a lot of stuff that people don't know that when, you know, I went to his neighborhood and told everybody in his neighborhood, bro, this true story, man, he can have his chain back. And I used to wear it all the time and didn't worry about nobody taking it from me. And I was like, he can have his chain back, bro, as long as he, he come back and fight me again. Mm -hmm. But Q just was like, nah, man, we gonna let that, gonna let let that, that ride. ride, you know what I mean? Right. So Mac-10 orchestrated the deal. I give Mac-10 a chain. Mac-10 tell me he gonna get me all this stuff, he gonna give me this. And it took too long to where I start pressing Mac-10, like, well, you better get my fucking chain back. Mm -hmm. And he was like, man, Solo, that, it wasn't yours from the jump, bro. Get my chain back or give me yours. It's gonna happen one way or the other. I'm gonna get my <laughs> W back, bro. So um I ended up getting paid. Mac 10 ended up taking care of me, making sure shit was straight. Then me and Cube ended up sitting down, man. Mm -hmm. Man to man, sitting down. He was filming the Jamie Foxx show and a uh, Players Club at the time. And he okay. had these black eyes, because I didn't know I did him that bad because I spassed out. Mm -hmm. And he had these big black glasses on. And I can remember us sitting in Jerry's Deli and he was just shaking the whole table while he was sitting there with me. And I was like, dude, calm down, man. I know you, bro. Right. We ain't got to go through all this, man. Let's just figure some things out. So he was inviting me to Laker game. He just wanted to make it a bond even tighter. Mm -hmm. But my loyalty to Cam was, was worth more than signing and make more money. Now, should I have thought about, you know, things back then? Because Q was laying it. When I tell you he was laying it out for me, bro. He was laying it out, calling mm -hmm. me to come to studios, Larrabee Studios. Man, Solo, I'm going to make you this. I'm going to make you in charge of that. And I was like, nah, take care of Cam, man. But I didn't know all the while I was saying take care of Cam because certain things that Cam was doing financially wise, I didn't understand. You know, they okay. was beefing over taxes. Right, right. Taxes getting paid. I didn't have no knowledge of that. I just thought the man owed the man some bread. Mm -hmm. So... This my dude, bro. Give him his money. Right, right. Are we gonna keep this process going? It's gonna keep. We gonna keep getting pressed. Mm -hmm. So, we end up squashing it though, man. And I ran into him, man, and um, at um, that crazy tune, rest in peace, man. His funeral. Right. And me and Cube hug. We talk, man. And he was like, you know, you can feel the sincereness because Kibo always kept us in touch with each other. I don't okay. know if you know Big Kibo, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. That's my dude right there, man. You know. So Kibo came home and. I thought it was going to be a problem because he was mm -hmm. looking for me. Okay. He, he wanted to know who, who is Solo. I need to holler at this dude. Mm -hmm. So when I finally seen this big old buff Hulk Hogan, <laughs> um, Hulk dude right. come looking for me and I get out the car and he right there, but he was cool. Man, I just want to tell you, homie, you know what I'm saying? We don't got no problem. Right. You know, Q hiring us and blah, blah, blah. Just want to thank you that you kept it real. And that was it. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, you know, taking it back full circle with with Pooh, as you guys developed your uh, relationship and started working more and more together, like 
obviously Melee was with Grand Theft Auto first and then you got involved. So when you were getting those first calls and the first meetings and stuff about doing Grand Theft Auto, what was kind of like your reaction? Like, what did you think? Like, I didn't want to do it. Well, break it down. It, it wasn't Grand Theft Auto. See, it's, it's Rockstar worked in tricky ways. Mm -hmm. Now, I did some work with them. Pooh called me in to work with them on San Andreas. Right. Melee was the star. Melee is my little cousin. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I did some game voices like a lot of us did on there, you know what I'm saying? And uh, then when they were getting ready to do Grand Theft Auto V, I think I was out riding my Harley Davidson, man, and Pooh kept hitting my phone and I pulled over, what up, dog? And he was like, man, come up here to Hollywood, man. I want you to come read for this, try to be in this video game. Man, I don't want to be in no fucking video game. <laughs> now, if they would have said Grand Theft Auto, I would have probably shit hard ass You'd over there. You'd have turned around. But they told it. me another name. They told me Paradise, a video game okay. called Paradise. And I'm up trying to read for a character called Deshaun. So I was like, eh, you know, I ain't take it serious. I went there. And they hand me the script, and it was set up just like this type of environment. And it okay. was a guy reading the script from standing over here, and he was reading his lines, but I had to read my lines to interact right, with him, right, right? right? I read over what I was supposed to have said, and I was like, man, I don't need that. So he shot his lines to me, and I shot some whole different shit back at him. Hmm. And they was like, everybody was just standing, and it was like, oh, all right, Solo, you know, <laughs> appreciate you, bro. I, I had no idea they was going to call me back. Right. They called me back. And they called me back again. Next thing you know, the, the second time I came back, I ran into Slink. Hmm. So Slink was trying out. Slink Johnson? Yeah. What up? Weird ass, <laughs> crazy, tall, janky motherfucker. Uh, no, nah, that's my dude, man. But, Slink uh, is the man. Yeah, man. Crazy as hell. But um, he started reading, and he was reading with other people. Problem was there. Mm -hmm. You know, some, some gang bangers. It was, it was uh, Jackie Long. You mm -hmm. know, it was a few actors came through, known actors. So I was like, man, they finna get these dudes, man. These dudes act. These dudes are big rappers. I'm back in the streets. So when I got caught again and caught again, I remember me and Slink ended up being, you know, they was narrowing it down. And we was the last two left running lines with each other. Okay. So I was like, man, he was running. I never forget we was walking out. And he said, man, we gonna claim this. And I looking at him, I said, you wanna ride to your car, man? And he was like, no, nah, I'm cool. I parked way over here. Now I'm thinking he ain't had no car because Slink was just like a big, tall, linky dude <laughs> with some, some dirty jeans on. He didn't care with a tank top on. It's raining outside. I was like, you need a ride, bro? He was like, no, nah, I'm cool. But he had a car. He just parked it away. Mm -hmm. And me and him, a few weeks later, we ended up at the airport together like, damn, dude, we really got this road. So we ended up in New York. It was blizzard storming out there. It was cold. And history was was jumped off from there, man. And then after I found out it was Grand Theft Auto, it was like a year later. Okay. So I was like, hey, man, look, y'all got to renegotiate this motherfucking contract now, bro. <laughs> now, for real. Because so, it was Grand Theft Auto, yeah, not shit, Paradise. Come on, bro. <laughs> I think I did a hell of a job, man, playing yeah. this guy Franklin, man, because Franklin was like me. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Even though they wrote the script, but I twisted it up a lot. These is British dudes, man. Right. You can't write for me. You can only get the knowledge from DJ Pooh, which was feeding y'all this street stuff. But then they write it and give it to us and expect me to say mate and <laughs> lad and... And motherfucker, no, I'll say motherfucker. Right. I'm going to show y'all how to straighten. Look at how Slink went. Slink went and got the game and went crazy. Yeah, both y'all, I mean? man. Both yeah, but Slink was able to open up a little more because he was a non-playable character. Mm. I'm a playable character, so they want to keep the Franklin guy like, no, no, you can't act tough. 
We want you to be mm. like soft. Gotcha. So people always be like, man, why Franklin not hard like Slink? But they wanted, it was a reason why. Don't get me wrong, Rockstar is smart. They sharp with the, with the technical work and all the shit, man. And I thank them for hiring us, but I think they could do better, man. They can do a lot better with their actors, man. For real, bro. Mm. And then how, <clears throat> with this reality, how do you find like interacting with the other characters or as people or with DJ Pooh? Like how does that affect? Do you guys talk about that? Do you not talk about it? Yeah, like, me and Pooh always talk about it and stuff. And Pooh like the, the advocate in it. Pooh always like, like solo, just, you know, it's cool, man. Chill out, man, you know. Pooh's like always been the guy that can call me and calm me down when I'm tripping. Okay. Always, man. Rockstar called him. Man, Solo over here tripping. He talking about getting on a first-class flight, coming out here to New York and, and hit the owners in their face and sock them in their apu and hit me on the phone. Hey, Solo, man, come on, man. Dog, it ain't even that serious. Relax. And I listen to my dude because, you know, he helped me out a lot, man. I wouldn't be where I'm at in the entertainment business without Pooh. Right. Movies, music, anything entertainment-wise, video games, bro. You got to remember, bro, I did... My face, my voice, my likeness is on something that's that's bigger than almost anything in entertainment. And I ain't just saying this because I'm it's, on it. Google it. Billions of dollars. Billions, billions and billions. So you got to remember, it sold hundreds of millions of copies. So I'm in hundreds of millions of people's home. Right. And what make me so different in the game is it's a lot of white kids, Spanish kids, um, Asian kids, wherever, all around the world, get to live through the hood through me. Mm -hmm. They finally get to say, I'm in the hood. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, it, it's I got my personal stuff that me and Rockstar are going to come back to the table with because they owe, and I'm going to get it. Trust me, bro. You're going to be hearing about it. I'm going to get it. But, man, DJ Pooh, man, I owe you. I owe you everything as far as the entertainment business, man. You know I love you, dog. He, he looks out for me, bro. He yeah. come up with anything, he look out for me. If anything Pooh do, it's like Spike Lee always calling his same, same, same actor, same actors from The Watch, Three Strikes, Grow House, um, yeah. Music. Me and Cam did the song Whoop Whoop. Right. Pooh put that out. Yeah. He put that out on a major platform for us. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, it was on Atlantic Records at the time. Yeah, bro. You got to remember, yeah, man. That's huge. That, yeah, that's something that I did that, that Cam took, wrote it. The genius that his big head ass is. Cam is a genius, man. Absolutely. He's one of the best writers, the best strikers, man. He wrote every anything you hear me rapping about, Cam wrote it. Mm. I don't have a problem with saying he wrote it because I ain't never claimed to be a rapper. Right, right. It's just something I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Where I come from, um, you name it, bro. Anything you heard me rapping about, Cam did it, bro. Hmm. He wrote it. Well, speaking on music and different things, like what else you have coming up? Uh, Music-wise, nothing. Okay. I tapped out. Mm -hmm. I ain't even trying to so keep you, pursuing it. Because I remember when we did Open Bar Radio, you were always kind of hinting that if the right thing came along, you were going to get back if, in. Yeah, I noticed but, you hadn't, but that's why I'm asking. But I'm knocking <laughs> on the door of 50 right now, bro. I'm not ashamed to say my age. I think I look good <laughs> to be damn near 50, bro. Right. I got grandkids, got a wife. Been married for a while, man. I'm a family man. You know how it is, yeah, man. You see my, my tilde and see how yeah, I'm yeah. living, bro. You know, I'm a family man. So it's a whole new you know, genre of music right now. So it's best for me to just like Cam. You know, right. Cam, honestly, that's my dude, man. He need to just go on and just step back, man. Don't let it go. Stay the pioneer that you is because he's one of the pioneers of West Coast. Well, his, the Mutual Respect album he put out a couple years ago was pretty... 
Yeah, pretty thorough. But he, they, they keep him under the radar, man. You know they ain't gonna let my dude get above the radar. Right. They oh, not. That's true. They gonna keep you under the radar because Cam spit that, that knowledge that'll wake people up. Right. And that ain't what they want. Sometimes, man, they don't want that. They want to hear you talking about shooting a motherfucker in the head or sticking your finger in the girl ass or throwing money or buying Louis or buying Rolls Royces. Cam ain't gonna never spit that. Right, and right. if he do spit it, he gonna, it's going to be subliminal. It's going to be, like, sarcastic in there. Right, right. You know what I mean? And Cube that got like that at one time, man. Man, I got a history, man. I'll tell you, we could pull up one segment, man, of just me talking about me and Cube, man. I, I, I got so much shit, man. No, I know. Me and that boy, got, I got some videotapes with us on tour, man, when, his, when Lil Cube that just played it, him in the movie N.W.A. was this big, sitting on my lap, boy, a little baby. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? O'Shea Jr. Yeah, I got videos of that. Q would want this stuff, man. I got videos, man. <laughs> I got a whole tour of videos of all of us, bro. I constantly filmed for 30 days, every day and out, all through Europe. Hmm. So, you know, man, like I said again, man, getting back to uh, DJ Pooh, man, I owe him. I owe that dude, man. I can. So what are you guys working on now? What's next? Man, you know, Pooh always got something in the in the in the in the lab. In the lab, in the oven, man, and he always telling me, you know, Pooh the type that I have some major going on and it's about to go down in like three hours from now and he'll hit me in twenty minutes. Where you at? <laughs> and he's your roll through. And I'm gonna pull up. I'm gonna if he need me he hit me in twenty minutes, I'll be there in twenty five minutes. That's just the relationship we got. Right. Well there it is, y'all. That's solo. Thank you for coming again, coming through again, sir. Yes, sir. I'm Soren Baker here on Unique Access, solo in the building, Franklin. Soren, my dog, man. Yes, yes. All right, well, thanks for tuning in to Unique Access with Soren Baker. I appreciate your guys' support. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and however you guys checked out this episode of Unique Access with Soren Baker. Also, if you haven't already, please pick up the copies of my two most recent books, The History of Gangster Rap, and the Gucci Man Guide to Greatness with Gucci Man. You can find both of those books on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, at the independent bookstore near you. And of course, you could also check them out at your library. And if any of those places don't have them, please request them. And most importantly, thank you so much for listening to Unique Access with Soren Baker, however you listen to us. And please subscribe so we get into your feed. Hit us with that like and hit us with the five stars, 10 stars, 100 stars, whatever's the highest they got on this platform. But we appreciate your guys' support and look forward to you checking us out on the next episode.